And uh, she was saying, gosh, all the places you've been, you ought, to, you ought to write a book. Something clicked in my mind. And I said, you know, I think I already did. <laughs> The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 445. On April 30th, 1916, Germany was the very first country to implement daylight savings time. And this was a way to save energy during World War I. Today's guests are an example of the fact that you never, ever, ever, ever stop learning. You should never, ever stop pushing yourself to do the things that you want to accomplish, whether that be taking a far-flung trip, whether that be writing a book, or whether that be going and getting a degree, bachelor's degree, master's degree. And what's so cool about the day and age that we live in is the fact that nowadays you don't have to stop life in order to say, oh, yep, it's time for me to go back to school and get this degree. Instead, you can do it all online. And that's why I'm so excited about Oregon State and their eCampus program because Oregon State eCampus, they're ranked number five in the nation by US News and World Report for online learning. They have over 70 online programs to choose from. Like I mentioned, some of these are even advanced degrees and you can find out all about every program that they offer by going to ecampus.org oregonstate.edu slash peanuts. Remember, we get some love if you use our link. So that's ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash peanuts to find out all about the programs that they offer. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today are two people who in 1975 hopped on a plane to Europe, grabbed a VW van named Banana, spent a year exploring the continent, and then wrote a book about it 45 years later, Marshall and Debbie Hockett from Tripping1975.com. Marshall and Debbie, thanks for joining me. Huge welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And we are going to get into the adventure that you had in 1975. This is a travel podcast after all. And we're going to talk about all your travels and how things have changed. But to me, the most impressive part isn't the trip itself, but that you wrote a book about it 45 years later because so many people say, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. I want to write a book. And I'll get to it eventually. And, you know. They never do. So you guys are part of a very small minority that actually did it. So let's let's start with that. Tell us how the book finally got written and, and why did it why were you finally like, we got we got to do this? Like we just have to finish this life goal. Well, uh, the book was written all the time, all those years. It happened to be uh, a book that was given to us by one of our friends. It was a blank paged book. And it was a hardback, and it on the spine of the book was written, Tripping, 1975. And our friend presented it to us before we left. Oh, look. 
It just happened to have it. have that. <laughs> the original. <laughs> yeah. So. He wrote a journal every, almost every day. The uh, woman who gave us this, we're about a, a, a week from going on a, on this trip for a year. And she, without any notice to us, she gave us this book and she said, you got to be completely truthful. You got to be truthful. And I want to be the first person who reads this thing. Uh, her name was uh, Marion Malchus. Well, I said, sure. I, I agree to those terms. We went traveling for uh, a year. When we got back, uh, she was the first person to read it. She loved it. But un unfortunately, Marion died of uh, cancer. So uh, anyhow, I, I was busy having my own law firm, et cetera. This sat on the shelves. Yeah, this, this sat on the shelf right behind me. Okay, so it sat there for a long time. A long time. 40 yeah. some years. Any we resumed our careers. Marshall had a really good a domestic family law practice in San Diego. Yeah. And then he was appointed by our governor to be a judge. You weren't just sitting around not doing anything. Let's put it that way, right? You guys. Oh, no. <laughs> Far from retirement. <laughs> we had already had our retirement. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're taking it early. So so you go through this and the book sits on the shelf and it's sitting there and sitting there. Take us then to the decision to actually then make it into a published book that it is now like whose idea was it? Was there any hesitation to doing it? Or did you think, no, after all these years, you know, we, we have to. I was known for traveling because uh, just like you are, you're known for traveling. I, I was talking to a court clerk uh, and uh, she was saying, gosh, all the places you've been, you ought, to, you ought to write a book. Something clicked in my mind. And I said, you know, I think I already did. <laughs> so, I, so all I needed to do was type it up and then do a, a prologue and a epilogue. And uh, there, that's how we got our... You make it sound so easy. It was not easy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hold on here. Yeah, oh, just just type it up, epilogue, prologue. But was it was it word for word from the journal or did you have to go back and, you know, add some different language or, or make it read more like a book? I, I corrected some spelling errors. <laughs> There, there weren't many corrections at all. Yeah, just, no, it's it's pretty much word for word. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow. What and and so you mentioned that you guys are now you're you're known for traveling. That wasn't the only trip that you took. All that kind of stuff. What do you see as some of the biggest differences between like when you travel and then now or or recently and back then? Because that must have been a pretty neat trip down memory lane. Going back through the book, typing it up, but then saying, well, this could never happen nowadays or this wouldn't happen nowadays because of this, this and this. Give us some of the biggest differences. The number of tourists. It's, it's crazy now. So way less tourists then than there are now. Have you have you noticed that like just across Europe or would you say it's kind of a worldwide phenomenon now at this point? Like it's just so much more accessible for let's say regular everyday people to get a plane ticket to go see a place that they've always dreamed of seeing. That's what I would say. Yes. And since more people have traveled and written books about it, I think people wanted to travel more. 
you can't touch the stones uh, and Stonehenge. They don't allow that. You That's can't, now. <laughs> yeah, you can't see uh, the Mona Lisa. They're just eighty thousand. Lots so. of tourists, and you're you're behind them, looking across the room at a painting that is now the size of two by two. <laughs> After you took this trip. Has and, and you did this year, and I want to get into this trip specifically in a second, but have you ever thought of recreating the route, or have you recreated the route? I've thought um, about it. N- no, not really. I, we thought about doing another year, but it really wasn't realistic for us to do that with our work and everything. We have this VW van. We don't have it now. We, we sold it, but uh, uh, it's perfect. You can... Go into uh, Rome or something like that. You find a place that will park uh, with some safety. Uh. What were some of the highlights then? Because, the, I mean, a year is a long time in Europe, but a year in a van gives you a lot of time to see a lot of things. What are some of the things that stick out in your head as, like, just the, the memories, even from 45 years ago, that are just so vivid that you can almost, like, taste or, or feel being back there? I think one of the, my most favorite things was we would uh, find a campsite at the end of our travel day and uh, we would uh, meet all the people who were at the campsite. And if we stayed there for a few days, we would all get together at the campfire at the end of the day at night and we would just talk to each other and get acquainted. And some of those people, we would visit them in, in their homes in Europe. It was just Really great. Additionally, uh, Europe uh, has just gotten over World War II, and uh, so people didn't have a lot of money. People, uh, all the hotels were smashed, and Mm -hmm. uh, so what those, what Italy would do, or France, or whatever, they would build these um, nice campsites, nice, nice campsites where your common man could. Take his kids and whatnot. And, uh, Vacation. They, yeah. So that was a surprise, and it's still working out today. You do see a lot more of that. You know, people camping or hosteling in, in Europe, way more common than, than in America, because it's just, I feel like it's maybe just more ingrained in their mindset that the regular person will and can travel. And so let's find these affordable options for people who don't want to spend a ton on a hotel, especially, you know, we know Europeans get more time off work. So it's like, if you're going to be spending traveling for an extended period of time, whether it be a year, whether it be a couple months, you're in a hotel every night, that's going to add up pretty quick. So having hostels, having campsites, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And so was that primarily where you stayed then was, was campsites for that entire year or primarily for that entire year? Yeah, it was, uh, we, we spent about yeah, about half the half time. Half the time in the van and half the time in hotels. Or with people that we people. met along the road yeah. that uh, said, hey, when you get to Heidelberg, uh, stop by our house. And so there's a lot of that going yeah. on. Yeah. We met a, an American couple with two children who were stationed in Baumholder. Sorry, <laughs> Germany. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they invited us to visit. So we did. And. It was just a fantastic time. And then many of the people that we saw in Europe and met 
met him again at our house <laughs> in San Diego. So. It- it's always awesome to get to return the favor to travelers. And I think that's one of the beauties of meeting people when you're traveling is, you know, when an invitation is extended, it's usually completely genuine and you have the benefit of those people possibly taking you up on it, right? Because they're already out doing it anyway. What, you know, so they might be coming your way, which is, which is really neat. When you guys were planning this out, how much planning did you do? Like it was a year, so that's a long time. I'm guessing you didn't have every night planned or anything crazy, but were there specific times that you were going to be in specific places for whether it be for weather reasons, festivals, what have you? The weather played a big part. The, yeah, that's probably the biggest part. And uh, we were going to land in Amsterdam, I think, and uh, and then go from there. But it turned out it was so wet, so cold we uh we made the end run Mm -hmm. and uh, went into france and uh, then southern france then down to spain spain right and back up maybe south (laughs) south in the cold right yeah 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 so so we did have a generalization uh, as as to where we want to be at certain time one of the reasons we went to turkey was uh Back in high school, I was student body president of my school, and our foreign exchange student, a guy named Daver Atebe, who's fairly famous in Turkey now. Anyway, we got to be best buds, and uh, so we've been to Turkey five times. Yeah. Wow. Did you go to Turkey on that first trip? Yes. 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 It's funny because at the end of their school year, Senior year, Marshall wrote in Daver's annual that the next time you see this, we'll be sitting in your house in Turkey. And it's true. (laughs) Missed it by a month. Yeah. We had (laughs) totally forgotten that we wrote in each other's annuals. It came to pass. But we were were at uh, Daver's house in Ankara. And sure enough, uh, he says, Hey, you know, we, let's show the girls what we uh, what we looked like when we were kids, and so so we pull out the annual, and honest to God, uh, it, it said, "Daver, the next time I read this, I'll, I'll be in Ankara, and in in ten years or something like that," <laughs> and it, and we were stunned. We we're just stunned. Pretty good timing. Yeah. So. That is, that is amazing. So you, you went and you went to Turkey. Give us a little bit more of, of your route because you mentioned Bulgaria and there's got to be a story there. Um, but what, <laughs> or maybe it's easier to tell us where you didn't get to in Europe. I don't know, whichever is easiest, you know, so that we can wrap our heads around what a year long trip in Europe for you all looked like in 1975. Let's see, back up to, uh, London, mm-hmm. uh, up to uh, Scotland. The Orkney Islands. The Orkney Islands. Way up there. Yeah. Uh, then back down, what's now called Croatia, used to be Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia, right. Yeah. Before they broke up into three separate countries. Yeah. Is it three? three. It's funny. Here, we're, now when we go to Croatia, we, a couple of years ago, all these young kids and would uh, say, well, what was it like? It's it was their country, but they didn't know anything about the history of it. And uh, 
So anyhow, uh, we down to Dubrovnik uh, split uh, or split Dubrovnik. And then... Uh, Don't forget uh, France, Switzerland, Spain. Right. Italy. <laughs> right. Those yeah. hot spots. We, uh, yes. Yeah, Bulgaria is a total write-off. I don't know. I, I never want to go any. It was communist back then. Oh, it so. was it was terrible. Uh, but anyhow, we had to go through it for two or three days. Then we get to Turkey, and we're in Turkey for about uh, about a month. Weather was great, etc. Uh, Davers was, like I said, is well known. So a lot of times we didn't we didn't have to pay for meals because they'd go, oh, Mr. Atabe, you, know, you, you don't. It doesn't cost you, et cetera. <laughs> Anyhow, we we jumped on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> we ran into a guy named Antonio, I think. Antonio, yeah. who could set you up with uh, going to Egypt and uh, that, Israel. That was when we were in Greece, in Athens, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were the first. When Sadat was invited to come to the White House. Uh, the White House. Egypt went nuts. President Ford invites Sadat to the White House. After the Russians got out. Yeah. When they, they'd always come up and say, you know, are you American? Yeah. It was really special. Of course, had, if something had happened, you know, let's say somebody shot Sadat. It would, it would have, it would have yeah. spoiled the trip, <laughs> hanging upside down. Uh, so anyway, saw uh, Egypt it was great. People treated us like kings. We sailed down the Nile, and as far as Abu Simbel, we saw Luxor. But, all those. but there were no hotels. Uh, I mean, no Hiltons, no nothing. It was. Pretty bad. We had the Hotel Tulip. Mm-hmm. Hotel Tulip, and it had bed bugs, of bed course. Bed bugs, yeah. So I, I I almost had to put her on a plane to go to uh, Germany. To I got really sick. Oh, oh, yeah. She got really sick. But it worked out. You can see she's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a low point. It was a very low point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you shouldn't eat chili that's lopping around. <laughs> you know, yes. Live and learn. Yeah. <laughs> but I was sick for a long time yeah. after that. You think this is okay? Had no, a, it's not okay. Had a well, lot of stomach problems after that. Lopping this yeah. jelly on this. Uh, anyway. So, I've been very careful since then. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned that that Egypt was tough traveling. Bulgaria was a place that you, you don't have any desire to return to and was really hard. What were what were some of the places for you guys that kind of met expectations or exceeded expectations? Just like, wow, we're you know, we're traveling around. Oh, my gosh. We didn't think it was good. This was going to be as great as it as it turned out to be. Israel was totally awesome. I mean, it was off the charts awesome, I thought. I think Egypt. Uh, Egypt was the same, yeah. Well, uh, almost the same. Uh, it was it was magic. It was just great. We changed out of the Tulip and went to the Winter, I think it's... Winter the, Palace. Winter Palace, which is... 
the hotel that Kissinger stayed at when he was negotiating with uh, uh, the Egyptians and whatnot. And here, here, here he is, a, a Jew, and is settling this mm-hmm. thing. So, but everybody loved Kissinger, all the Egyptians, and the reason why, because he got their oil fields back. Stuff like that that you never find in books or whatever. They, it was special. Uh, yeah. But, but that hotel, the hotel, uh, what was it? Winter, winter, winter Palace. Winter Palace. Mm-hmm. That was off the charts in terms of cost. Uh, yeah, and we. Uh, but I had to because <laughs> she was dying. <laughs> <laughs> I think your return on investment was pretty good at this point. You kept your wife alive, and now she's still alive 45 years later. So That's right. There you That's go. right. <laughs> I'll vote for that. We only, we only had one argument in the whole year. One argument. And that was we were down near... Um, Spain? Right, Tarifa, yeah. Tarifa, and uh, Gibraltar, and all that sort of stuff. So the, the funny little story is, uh, we we had paid to get in the uh, campground. We got our little slot. It's number fifty-four. Debbie jumps out because she's going to guide me into number fifty-four. So where I'm, I'm going is fairly, you see, it's where this is going. I I can see where you laugh. Anyway, uh, the... Uh, it ain't funny. <laughs> uh, we're going back, and all of a sudden there's this boom. And I go, what the hell? What was that? And she says, ah. And I, so I get out of the car, and she's run us into a stone well that's about three feet high. Uh, they drew water out of it and all this. And uh, I think I probably was not as polite as I should have been. But I said, what? Why didn't you tell me about that? Well, yeah, why didn't you tell me about And I said, we saw it. It was a huge well before when we were driving up to it. Well, anyway, if so you, if you ever, how did he not see that in his rearview mirror? <laughs> and I caved immediately because uh, uh, <laughs> it's tough to sleep in a van <laughs> with two people that are angry with each other. So <laughs> that's that's something that people should uh, consider. If you're going to go to Europe for a year, Pick the person you're going with very, very carefully. <laughs> I, I would say I can't. Pull, I mean, that is shocking to me. I know people fight less than Heather and I. Don't get me wrong, but shocking that a year traveling because we all know that traveling it, it, it pushes us to our limits in a very, very positive way, and that's why we all love doing it. But it also pushes you to your limits, right? And so when you don't have those creature comforts and that kind of way to retreat and kind of take a step back sometimes and you're just in it and everything's new and 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 exciting but also frustrating to to fight one time is I mean, that to me is actually more impressive than someone saying, yeah, we didn't fight at all. Because if they said that, I'd be like, no, you you just don't know what a fight is or you're lying or you don't remember it. But the fact that you could say one time, you can really say like it happened once. Man, that that's there's some truth to that. That's impressive. Impressive. 
Well, I got one that's even better. My parents pretty much the, the same. Uh, they had a good marriage. They had a very good marriage. And I only saw them have one fight. It was. Uh, he, he said to Julie, he was very upset with her. Oh, Julie. <laughs> that was it. That was it. That's the only. That's, oh, man, Julie. We were that, shocked. That passes for a compliment in our household. You know, man. That's, <laughs> that's great. Uh, we were, as a family, we were just shocked. We'd never seen our, our dad get mad. <laughs> and, and my mom, boy, she, she said, whoa. No. <laughs> well, anyway, back to Europe. Yeah. Well, for you guys, when you're when you're traveling now or, or recently, I, I love to hear because you have such perspective because you've you've been traveling, you know, in some form or fashion for such a long time. What has been the biggest one or two changes in kind of your in, in your travel style? Like, has there been something that you you know, you used to do that you wouldn't do now, or was there a moment in time where you thought, oh, yeah, we're doing this on this trip, but, you know, in 75, we, we never would have done this. <laughs> well, we haven't camped since. <laughs> <laughs> we try to... Uh... <laughs> uh, there's something that is vital that doesn't come with the cars, you know. It's... You need... Urinals. <laughs> <laughs> well, our our van was not equipped with a toilet, so. All right, so no more camping. Camp camping's off the cards for you guys at this point. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. Have you have you taken road trips? Like, is that still a style of travel that you like? Obviously, you're not staying in the van, but this idea of getting in a car or a van, even if you're not staying it, to get out and and explore. Oh, many times. Yeah, yeah. Many times, especially with our son. Yeah. We've gone back to Europe 55 times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's that's a big number. So 55 times in 45 years. You know, I'm not a mathematician, but that's over once a year. Like, have you traveled other places or for you, is it just like we go to Europe every chance we get? Um, We've traveled the United States a lot too. We go to uh, Wyoming to look for fossils. Yeah, yeah. my husband's really deep into fossils. What? Where else do we go? We um, Yellowstone. Oh, our son said to us one time, "Dad, can we vacation somewhere where we can just see a bear where they're not at war?" Because yeah, <laughs> we took him to Israel, and you see the guys up on the buildings with the machine guns and all that. Oh yeah. He just wanted to see a bear. <laughs> yeah, didn't want was, war, just wanted a bear. That's right. We, went, we were we took a tour uh, in uh, Jerusalem, and so there were a few other people in this taxi that we bought, I guess. So they had just bombed Lebanese forces, bombed uh, the Israeli forces, and. That's why he wasn't all that excited about getting bombed. So he, <laughs> he said, can't we, Dad, can't we just go to a, a park a, a park, and, and see a bear? What about, <laughs> what, let's see a bear. Anyway, so, yeah, we, we still travel a lot. Well, we didn't tell him about what happened in Turkey. 
Yeah, we were um, we were in Turkey at the Vera's house in Ankara, and uh, there were there's a an election going on. Election going on, and it's uh, it's pretty brutal. It's more like a soccer game than, <laughs> than our election. We were on our way to pick up the the banana because uh, it needed some repairs. And uh, on our way there, all of a sudden we got stopped because there was a big crowd. Then, then there was another mob who uh, supported the other guy. There were two tanks that were there. Both sides are chanting and, and uh, Daber said, you know, essentially, we got to get out of here. So we started just inching, your inching way. our way through the through the crowd. And then one of the tanks fired. One guy was killed and uh, 27 people injured. The next day, we uh, looked at the headline on the paper and you saw the car behind him because I wasn't in the car. Saw the car that was behind them turned over and. So it I got the worst of it. I got a picture of it in yeah. the newspaper. Wow. Be worth wow. I'm sure you've escaped. Had a, I had a few close calls at that, you know, over your travels. What about for you all? You know, this is all you've done a ton of traveling, obviously, uh, 55 times in Europe, year long trip, all this stuff. What would you consider your biggest travel mishap? And you've told some of the stories. Would one of those be your biggest travel mishap? Or is there something else that sticks out in your head is like, yeah, this is just like, I can't believe this happened to us. Or it was like a dumb decision that, you know, ultimately turned out okay, but in the moment was a little hairy. That's <laughs> uh, easy. It's real easy. We were on a cruise ship. Just recently, you know, how all the, they all got called back and whatnot uh, because of the, the virus. The virus. Anyhow, uh, we were about... 40, 50 percent done of this world cruise. We're at dinner. And I mean, this is an expensive thing. This 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 little trip around the the world, total cost would be about uh, 180,000. So we this normal evening and whatnot. And the waiters started passing out this letters flyers yeah and uh, said sorry but you got to be out of here you got to be out of uh, uh, off the ship in two days yeah which at which time we would be in Rio okay so you're 30 percent you're about 30 percent into a round the world cruise and they say all right everyone's off the ship in two days right okay yeah, yep <laughs> yeah so everybody's tickets to go home, uh, you know, or at the end of trip, that, that all was out the window. So, and Rio de Janeiro, I don't care what they say, I I don't want to go back there. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 kind of a rough rough place, etc. So anyway, uh, to get home, um, I did what any good mature traveler. I, I bribed everybody I could find. <laughs> so you more or less had to. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I I bribed I bribed us onto uh, uh, a couple plane flights. 
happily we settled with the cruise line. Yeah, we we made a demand for uh, six uh, sixty dollars, yeah. and and they they paid off fifty six fifty five fifty five. Man, you guys have seen it all. Like we're talking like like history, you know, that is now 30, 40 years in the past up to, you know, your biggest travel mishap being essentially present day when we're recording this. I guess when you travel that much and you've traveled for that long, yeah, you start to have world events that, that you know, people will write about, talk about for 20, 30, 50, 100 years it's pretty neat for me to see it from my perspective to say, wow, you've lived through it. Like now when you hear about a world event, you have an experience to attach to it that's deeper than just, yeah, I saw that on the news or yeah, there was the peace accord or yeah, you know, it's like, I think that's why I love traveling, right? It's living, breathing, getting to experience that history in the moment, but then also, you know, well into the future, you get to kind of think back on those memories. I just wanted to bring it back to the book really quick. What do you have coming up in the pipeline with the book? I mean, the book's out there and and people can get it. Is there any other kind of ideas when it when it comes to the book or or anything like that? I think it's you. <laughs> All right. You're totally solely responsible. <laughs> there you go. And you're you're highly res- respected, and, uh, <laughs> and so uh, our agent, uh, uh, Susan Faris, Faris, our publicist, she she just raved about you and all that. So I said, okay, we'll, we'll do it. Thank you, yeah, Susan. But we do have we have a website link. It's tripping1975.com. We're on Facebook.com/tripping1975. And uh, a few other places too. Cool. So, so yeah, I, you know, and we we are on Amazon. Our our book can be bought on Amazon, but, and and it got best seller category uh, in two, two or three, three, two, three best seller categories. But we yeah. we probably haven't sold more than ten books. <laughs> <laughs> we have two. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marshall and Debbie, I just want to say thank you guys so much for, for joining me and, and sharing not just the stories of, of your travels, which are, it, it is, like I said, it, it truly is incredible to get to hear it from such a, with such a long time span of traveling. Like my travel life, quote unquote, has been, you know, eight years, 10 years, right? And to say, oh, these are people who have been doing it and seen so many changes in the world and technology and the way people travel. It's just, it's, it's really neat. And also the wisdom that, that you've gained from that, but also this idea of being a model of, of persistence, right. And saying, Hey, I had this book. It sat on a shelf for 40, 45 years, <laughs> but now I get to say, no matter what, like I had this goal, no matter how long I've put it off, you can always still go back and achieve that. And you guys are living proof of that. So thank you so much for being on. And we will link everything up in the show notes, everyone. Tripping 1975. That's the numbers, 1975.com. Uh, you could check out all their stuff there. You can grab the book, you can get it on Amazon. And uh, I just want to tell you guys one more time, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing just a bit, a little tease of your story. You didn't ask about 
Debbie and I uh, uh, getting engaged. Have you been? Uh, have you been to Crete? Crete. Have you been to Crete? To I have Crete, not been Crete to Crete Island. No, I've not been to Crete. Okay, well, there's a, a fishing village on this <laughs> on this island. <laughs> there's this magic spot uh, in, in a little town called Agios Mount Nicolao. And so we were there, and uh, I woke up, and I, there, I was different. There was something different, and uh, and I, and then I, I looked at Debbie, and I, uh, we were in a very nice hotel, water, beautiful. There's a magic spot there that we have not revealed uh, to anybody except us. Uh, on a lake, a little lake. On a, on a little lake and whatnot, and I uh, was nervous as a cat, and I. I, I grabbed her hand, brought it to my chest, and, and asked her to get married. And she was nice enough to say, "What took you so long?" What took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that's and and fifty-five trips to Europe later, you guys are still together. So I think I think you've passed the uh, the commitment and test of time there. So awesome well thank you guys so much for taking the time to come on really really truly appreciate it debbie and marshall so thank you guys okay thank you for having us nice to meet you travis say hi to heather i will (laughs) thank you guys for everyone for tuning in today for the continued support that makes us number one rated travel podcast on itunes and until next time everyone happy free travels i'll show you paris